Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking with you. This is God's word for us today. Let's pray. Lord, open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word for us this morning. Challenge us to repent of the things that blind our eyes and steal our focus away from you. Open our eyes to see your blazing glory and to strive daily to lead holy lives even as you have made us holy through your death and resurrection. We ask in your precious name. Amen. So the blind man in the Gospel reading today, he's been blind from birth and that meant he got by each day begging, saying in Greek like we were singing before, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. He lived day by day in complete darkness and he had done that his whole life. And so he's there as Jesus and his disciples walk by him that day and the disciples begin talking about him, not to his face, they're talking about him and they say to Jesus, hey Jesus, Who's responsible for this guy's blindness? Who sinned? Who messed up? Who's to blame? Was it him or was it his parents? And that was just how people saw things in biblical times. Disability or misfortune meant that you or your family had done something really wrong. And so the disciples were looking to assign blame that day for the man's blindness. And Jesus responded to his disciples saying that the man's blindness wasn't the result of any specific sin. It certainly wasn't God's fault. It wasn't an opportunity for blame, but it was an opportunity to reveal the glory of God in a person's life. And so even though it's the Sabbath, which is really going to upset the Pharisees, Jesus spits on the ground, he makes mud and he rubs it on this guy's eyes and sends him to wash in the pool of Siloam, which you heard means sent one. And the blind man does the first thing right because he obeys Jesus. He obeys his command and he goes to uh, the pool and washes and his physical sight is restored. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if that was the happy ending, if the credits started to roll up, the music uh, increased and that was the happy ending that that it should have been. But it wasn't. This passage of scripture is overcrowded. It's jam-packed with blind people. Blind people who need help. And so John paints a picture and it's like a crime scene from a TV series. There are the Pharisees doing their investigations. The the blind man's parents are being interrogated. And even the neighbours and others who had seen him begging previously are getting in on the action. Then there's the blind man himself who's asked repeatedly the same questions over and over again like a spotlight shining in his newly opened eyes. They want want him to say that Jesus is a sinner. They want him to set Jesus up for a fall and they want to know how on earth he received his sight. But they refuse to listen. They wouldn't listen to the man and they wouldn't see his perspective. They were looking for someone to blame. They wanted Jesus to bite the dust and they had their sights fixed on him. The Pharisees were only willing to see what they wanted to see. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel sorry for this poor blind man already. 
He's just had his sight restored. He's been living in darkness his whole life. All of a sudden Jesus opens his eyes and there's everyone uh, waiting to rain on his parade. The neighbours called the Pharisees on him after he was healed. The Pharisees, they won't believe what he's saying and now his parents, his own flesh and blood are about to turn on him. Listen to this. Is this your son? The Pharisees asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know, this is, we know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he's of age, he'll speak for himself. And then there's this beautiful little footnote from the Apostle John who wrote this Gospel and it says this, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah, like we did in our creed just a few minutes ago, would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. Blinded by their fear of the Pharisees, they turned their backs on their own son. He's old enough, ask him. Even his parents were only seeing what was in it for them and they leave him, hang him out to dry. The Pharisees, on the other hand, they thought they had 20-20 vision. They thought they could see everything, all the things of God very clearly, but actually in this text we see they're spiritually blind. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. They weren't teachable. They were blind. The healed man's parents were focusing solely on their fear of the Pharisees and their own inconvenience. They were as blind as the Pharisees. But perhaps the greatest tragedy in this is the refusal to see truth. They dig in their heels saying, my vision is just fine, thank you very much. I don't need you, Jesus. And that leaves them standing in a very uncomfortable position, standing under judgment. Know that just because we have physical sight that doesn't mean that we're not blind to the things of God. Spiritually blind people see only what they want to see. That happens in our relationships all the time. We speak at each other saying things like, no, I don't see what you're talking about. I don't see your point of view. I don't care what you've got to say. I don't care what you think. No, I won't listen. I refuse to listen. I don't care what you're saying. Ever said that? I have. We're happy to see only what we want to see. It happens every time we willfully choose to sin instead of listening and obeying Jesus. We see what we want and we go after it with all of our might. We become blinded by desire and we leave obedience to Jesus and his word in a trail of dust behind us. We send ourselves blind through our obedience to sin and our disobedience to Christ. When we're afraid of severe consequences, we stick our heads in the sand and pretend we don't know the truth. We act like little children, we cover up our ears and we close our eyes tight pretending that we can't see or hear the truth. We leave others, our friends and our family high and dry and look out for our own interests. That's what the healed man's parents did. That's what they did. It's dangerous territory to see the truth, to know what truth is and then choose to ignore it. 
whatever the circumstances you find yourself in are. It affects us and it affects the other people around you as well. And it calls for a change of heart. We need to have our eyes open to see the truth. Now the man in this story, this healed man, he received his physical sight, a miracle. But it is not the point of this story. Him receiving his physical eyes is not the point of what's going on in this text. Two things are happening in this story. While one man is receiving sight, the rest of the people are going blind. It's the healed man who starts to see things through the eyes of faith. It's a process that starts with the big interrogation, that crime scene with the Pharisees and ends with the person of Jesus. It ends in person with Jesus too. This guy started off nice and simple. Jesus put mud on my eyes. He washed and now I can see. Then in the midst of the interrogation, he confessed Jesus as a prophet. Then the Pharisees pushed harder, wanting him to deny Jesus and name him, name him as a sinner. To which the blind man replied, "What? whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Relentlessly though, in a blind stupor, the Pharisees keep pushing and pushing They want answers and the healed man exclaims, now this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He's getting closer. This healed man is getting much closer. And the Pharisees, they hate what he said and they throw him out of town but Jesus catches up to him he finds him and starts talking to him and when Jesus found him he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. When Jesus said to the healed man, now you have seen him, he didn't mean with physical eyes. He meant seeing Jesus with the eyes of faith that look to him in all things and trust in him. That's the biggest miracle in this account. This is what the Apostle John who wrote this wants you to see. This is what Jesus wants for every single one of us gathered here today in his name. He wants us to see Jesus for who he is and worship him and say, Lord, I believe, like we did just a few minutes ago in the creed. The thing is, when we do this, when we do see Jesus, we also see the impact of our own sin and we see the stupidity of the blame games that we play. This story started out with blame games. It began with Jesus' disciples because they couldn't see past blaming someone for the man's blindness. The man's parents were blinded by their fear. We get in on the blame game too. We blame other people for all kinds of things in our lives and sometimes we even blame God. The Pharisees, well, they wanted to blame Jesus so they could kill him. 
So how does Jesus respond? How we don't expect him to. Jesus says, I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. Just as he healed the blind man by spitting in the dirt, so Christ became dirt and spit for us by his death on a cross. I'll take the blame, says Jesus. Who's to blame for Jesus dying on the cross? We are. But God takes the blame, not because he's guilty, but on account of his amazing grace that purifies us and opens up our eyes and heals our blindness. Jesus takes the blame for our blindness, our unbelief, our inability to see the goodness of God for us day after day. That is amazing grace. And because Jesus took our blame upon himself, God doesn't blame us. But he puts the mud of Christ's cross on us and he washes washes it off in our baptism so that we can see. We see Jesus is the Son of Man. We see Jesus crucified and then raised from the dead and we find ourselves like that blind man who can now see. And because we can see clearly, we confess with the blind man, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. We trust that Jesus has taken God's judgment upon himself, including our spiritual blindness, and he's replaced it with God's mercy and God's forgiveness and God's light. Our blind eyes are replaced with eyes of faith to see to see the blazing glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and to worship him. And having our eyes opened by God does something else. It frees us from blaming others to keep ourselves safe. Instead, Jesus frees us to forgive and even accept blame for our own faults. You see, Christians have a different perspective, a different response to the blame game. We replace accusations of blame with the words of Jesus that say instead, I forgive you. It's a whole new way of seeing the world and the people who live in it. Your eyes have seen this salvation. You can see. Your eyes have seen this salvation. So don't operate in the darkness this week seeing only what you want to see. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind man and not just his physical eyes, Jesus gave the man spiritual sight to see the fullness of who Jesus is in every aspect of his life. That, my friends, is what he has done for each one of you. Jesus opened your eyes in the waters of baptism and he calls you to look to him as you navigate life with your spiritual eyes wide open and attentive to the voice of Jesus. So may you continue to have the eyes of faith and keep them firmly fixed on Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the King of Kings and the Saviour of the world. Look to Jesus and see him fully through the eyes of faith which he has given you to see him clearly. In Jesus' name, Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding Keep your hearts and your minds and your eyes safe and fixed on Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.